There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Ralph W. Basher, MD, Heck Master. Andy Brandt Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back, kick things off an hour two with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. So after our conversation in the first hour, I decided to do some research. Research. Here we go. You're going to cloud this discussion with facts, clearly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The last time a scripted television show was the most watched in America? Gunsmoke. No. 2002, CSI. Oh, my God. Since then, it was either American Idol for about seven years, and then for the past eight, it's been NBC Sunday Night Football. There you have it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even with Michelle Tafoya dragging him down. Right. You know. <laughs> Even with that it's funny because before, before 2002, we got Friends 2001, Survivor 2000, ER 98, Seinfeld 97. Scripted TV was always number one. 
But it hasn't been for 17 years? No one watches it anymore. When was the writer's strike? That is a good question. Well, which writer's strike? When there was a writer's strike. 2008? Well, no, it was the the writer's strike when reality TV took over. Writers were on strike. All the actors crossed the picket line, by the way, along with everybody else. That was 2007. Seven, okay. So let's see. Right about then. When, yeah. when did uh, Sunday Night Football start as number one? Sunday Night Football started at number one, 2011. But American there Idol started number one in 2003. So, so what happened was reality TV took over all their jobs, yeah. and then they striked, and that made things much, no, much no, worse. No, they themselves. struck. There was no content. They took moved to reality TV to yep. fill the, fill yep. the airtime. Yep. And it was, they found it was cheaper yeah. to produce. Because, I mean, like, if we're being honest, reality TV Terrible. is scripted. So Yes, it no. is. Technically, no. it's No, Andy, don't tell me that. Oh, I'm crying. Oh, 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 I have tears. I can't believe it. No, don't tell me it's not He's true. He's tearing up over here. That's when those repo shows were really big. Oh, the repo <laughs> shows were yeah. huge. Lizard lick. <laughs> Lizard lick towing. Yeah. Guy's coming out wheeling a chainsaw because he's trying to take his truck. Didn't the, who's the Spanish woman with the big ass? There's a lot of <laughs> she had she had her own towing show, didn't she? I don't know. I think J Lo had a towing show. If I remember, they were so big. Oh. The the last towing show I ever watched because I thought they were funny at first because the people you ain't taking my goddamn car. <laughs> yes, that deal. I thought it was very funny. Jennifer they, Lopez South Beach tow. There you go. See, well. Spanish woman with the big ass. J Lo. <laughs> J Lo. So there you go. Uh, She's like a billionaire. She and her husband are like. Is, she's married to Alex Rodriguez, isn't she? I think. Oh, I don't no know. Idea. I don't know if she is or not. She's gotten married and divorced. She's Some, a few times. She's yeah. She has Affleck had three spouses. Most recently, Mark Anthony. Before that, Chris Judd. Oh, Before that's that, right. Oh, Johnny Noah. Who well, she was married to for about With four ben minutes. Ben Affleck, or they never got married. No, they never got married. Well, she must not be married to to uh, what's her his partner name? is Alex Rodriguez. Oh, she's got a partner. Okay, well, yes, they're not married. Did you ever They're see engaged. a picture of her back uh, back in the old uh, In Living Color days? Because she was a dancer on In Living mm-hmm. Color. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, man. She could smell through a picket fence. She had a schnoz on her like there was no tomorrow. Did you know she's she's one of the dancers in one of your favorite Janet Jackson's music videos? Oh, really? That's the way love goes. I love that song. She's in that video. Yeah, she's a hell of a talent. There's no doubt about it. She's not a bad actress. Thanks, pop video on VH1. And she's also very she's very pretty. Now she got the old... Uh, Oh, she, she's a beautiful woman. She is. She's she's very. She's a, she's a little bit donka donkish. Mm-hmm. She is, but donka donk. I will tell you one thing. Even though I cannot watch Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. you know, I found out why it is I don't like her. Why? Because she talks through her nose. I didn't even notice that until today. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Scarlett Johansson fan either. God, is she pretty though? My God, that woman's pretty. But can't act worth a damn. I don't know. She just looks. She just has that rusting bitch face. For oh me. yes. Oh you know yeah. I mean? She just looks like she's just that stuck yep. up. I don't know. I get bad vibes from her. Well, she's she's got what she's isn't she getting married to Colin Jost now from Saturday Night Live? I don't know. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure she is. Does Does Vegas make nice odds guy. on how long these marriages will last? Oh God, I bet they do. It's like a Deadpool for marriages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet they do have that. Yeah, see, that's where you get it. We, we should start. Maybe this show. I mean, now, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Maybe this show should transition to really talk instead of doing a sports show. Transitioning to you know. Uh, 
playing the odds. We're doing odds on how long these marriages will last and how long you relationships sure? will how last. Long the, a TV like series odds. will last. I like it. Hollywood, yeah, like a Hollywood betting. Where to put your money? Yeah. <laughs> they need a sports book and they need a Hollywood book. Yeah. Who's got a venereal disease in Hollywood? <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Okay, I'm really pissed off at my screen right now because I'm looking at, at a story that I do want to read. And right next to it, there's this gorgeous little blue-eyed girl. Mm-hmm. Just she's looks like she's about three, right? Just gorgeous. Then I read the headline. Toddler dies trying to save her puppy from a burning home. The hell you show me your picture for? Oh. Don't show me a that picture of a little girl burned to death. News. Oh, God, yeah. A lot, a lot of parents it. Kill. I mean, we just oh, had that father sad. shoot his kids at point blank out in the front yard in Minneapolis. Yeah, in Minneapolis that was, yeah. You know, the poor kids still had their little backpacks on. What oh, my hell? God. Do you see the latest news? This just popped on uh, six minutes ago. Kamala Harris is out of the 2020 race. She's done. Yeah. She's done, huh? A big name Not drops surprised. from the field. Yeah. Well, Cory Booker, when's he going to give up? He's been getting his ass kicked <laughs> for two months, and he still won't give up. On Monday, Democratic 2020 contenders Steve Bullock and John uh, Joe Seastack uh, bought out of the race. On Tuesday, a much bigger name did the same. Kamala Harris has ended her bid for the presidency, reports Politico. An aide confirmed the news to CNBC, which reports she has informed her staff she expected to release a video announcement. Kamala Harris has dropped out of the 2020 presidential race. She never had a chance anyway. No. She was too pandery. Yeah, very pandering. And so is Cory Booker. Cory Booker's obnoxious as hell. Can't you have the money that you don't spend? Yep. Yeah, what about donated? That? Oh, God, you if can keep it. Was it. Donated oh, by yeah. a super PAC, yes. Yep, you can keep the money. Uh, so which you, they all yeah, So you want to drop out before you go bust. <laughs> I mean, I think she's a very smart woman. She's a very pretty woman. You can't take that away from her. Although the look on her face here doesn't look too pretty. She's like, what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. She just, yeah, she, she pandered way too much. That was a huge mistake. But that Joe Biden thing, that mistake he made last week, oh, my God. Which was that? I'm very good friends with the only black woman ever to be elected to Congress in the United States. It's like mm. Kamala Harris is standing about three feet away. You might want to ask her <laughs> if, if she wasn't also. Uh, yeah, so she uh, Kamala Harris has dropped out of the race. But, uh, yeah, Joe's head sounds like she's a little bit soft. His head's a little soft. Oh, my God. Like what That's... is wrong with him? I, I liked his take on mm. domestic violence. What did he say? He said, we have to... We have to beat domestic violence. We have to keep punching and punching. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. It's like, he did do that, didn't he? I mean, look at who we got. Seriously, and this is not a political statement. It's just like, really, we got three billionaires, Donald Trump, uh, Mike Bloomberg, and uh, Tom Steyer. Three billionaires are involved. Then you got the Cory Bookers of the world. The guy, and by the way, I, I need your help. I need your money. His parents are multi, multi, multi millionaires. The poorest president we have ever had was Harry S. Truman. Yeah, Harry Truman was, yeah. Which, I mean, he was still not, he was almost a millionaire. Oh, at the time. Well, that's. A, that's... Was he really in the 50s? That's a uh, lot of money in the 50s, man. Adjusted. Oh, yeah, that's. Uh, Adjusted. So there, adjusted. Okay. there were several presidents who were worth a little under a million dollars, which is still a lot of money. I still love the fact that, you know, the and again, I don't have a dog in this race. I don't know who the hell I'm going to vote for. I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. But see, if if you're ardent Republican or ardent Democrat, I'm always accused of being the opposite of what you are. 
because you don't agree with some of the things that I say, and well, which is your business. I understand that completely. But keep listening. Yeah, keep listening. <laughs> you got to listen to somebody. I mean, That's you know. Right. Uh, but honest to God, some of these people, I'm like, really? That's the, be- the best you can do? And they keep saying Tulsi Gabbard is like a Russian agent or something. <laughs> what the hell's that all about? I don't know. Oh, she seems knows? like a pretty bright woman to me. I, uh, I guess, what are they going to do? So they got Donald Trump, and now you basically are down to, because Amy Klobuchar is never going to make it. There's no way she's making it much farther. She's down to the final, like, six or seven, though. Yeah. I think something like that. Uh, but you got Joe Biden, and Jesus, it's like Donald Trump, only dumber, which is hard to believe. <laughs> Donald Trump, he needs to shut up once in a while, doesn't he? It's like, Donald, would you shut up? Can we can we agree on both sides of the aisle that maybe you should just be quiet and lay off, lay off the Twitter? Yeah, lay off Twitter, will you? Do a me a bit. favor. Get the hell right, off of Twitter. He does love to be on Twitter, no doubt about it, but... Yeah, I look at these things, and it's like they're all they're all millionaires. Every one of them is a millionaire. But you look at Harry Truman, Harry S. Truman, right? Um, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Did you know that? No. Look it up, will you, Andy? Because he used to be able to find it, but somebody told me they tried scrubbing it all. But Harry S. Truman was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, I know. Well, I'm pretty sure it was when he was like eight years old. So It wasn't when he was eight years old. I don't know. But still, I don't know. How can you jump on in, into a party where all of the members were <laughs> the members of the Klan at one? How is that possible? I know. And you know, how come we're, we're going to? How come we're not stripping all of this this name off all buildings and all places because it was in the Klan? Like the Truman Show, yeah, Truman right. Capote. That's right. Take your name back. What does it say, Andy? Because uh, I've heard they have tried to scrub it as well as they possibly can. I don't know who. Whatever. Why would you want to scrub Robert it? Robert Byrd was a member of the Klan. Yeah. No, well, no, no. That, but that's part of our history. Exactly. There have been a lot of people who ended up being doing very good things building a be- stronger, better America that was not racist, mm-hmm. that were involved with racism at its worst. Yeah. So, you know, people do change, they do mature, and do they people do grow do. up. They do change, there's no doubt about that. But it's, once again, look, if they're going to, and I'll, I'll move on, but if they're going to talk about reparations for slavery, the Democrats should pay it all because they're the ones who enslaved them. The slave owners were all Democrats. So why don't you pay for it? That's right. Right? A Dixiecrat. Dixiecrats, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I, you know, I said, well, George Washington, he was, was what was he? A, what poli- he, he was not a been, party, was I he? I think he would have been Republican <clears throat> because uh, he didn't like government. Well, then, then if, if, they, if they give reparations to blacks, and the blacks have to pass some of that money on to the uh, Native Americans because yeah, it was the right. Buffalo Soldiers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're in there who were killing the Native yep. Americans. They got passed. They said there's got to be a little pass through there. Mm-hmm. Pass through to the Native Americans. You can't make up for the horrible things that human beings did 200 years ago, 150 years ago, whatever. You can't make up for it. Those people were slaughtered. So no oh. amount of money's ever going to make up for that. That's right. The genocide uh, known as was. The conquering of America is yeah. a real thing. You can't deny it. No, it is absolutely true. And, and every other country in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, the any, any other country. Yeah. And it still goes on. It's, it's not only a 
physical, it's not only a physical genocide, but it's a cultural genocide or cultural destruction that, right. that goes on at the same time. Oh, you, you, you don't believe right, we're going to give you a different faith. Oh, you don't have the right education, we're going to take you to Indian school in Phoenix and we're going to educate you. We're going, to, right. we're going to re-educate you. I mean, the, the Chinese are doing that right now with the mm-hmm. Uyghurs in Western China. Yep. Oh, no, you don't believe right. You don't have the right. You don't, let's get, We're going to get you in this little, little system here. We're going to re-educate you. Right. Just, it doesn't work either. It does not work. None of that's ever, what works is everybody gets treated exactly the same. Mm-hmm. That's what works. So let's get off this. <laughs> You, you can't make up for horrible history in, in no way. No money will do it. No anything will do it. Let's move on, right? That's right. Th- you know, Thomas said it this morning on the show. He said, everybody needs to be treated the same. And if you'll get off your ass and work hard, this is America. You will succeed. Oh, yeah. You'll get a living, nice living. Yeah. So it doesn't I mean, take there long. it is. Uh, this is not good news for Peloton. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read it yet, so maybe it is good news for Peloton. If the old adage of all publicity is good, publicity is true, then Peloton has a terrific ad on its hands. If the opinions of lots of people on social media count for anything, the ad is closer to a sexist, elitist, cringing, uh, cringe-inducing dud. Either way, the spot for a stationary bike is the busiest of the holiday shopping season so far. The ad. Um, a husband gives his wife a Peloton exercise bike for Christmas, and she keeps a video diary over the course of the year. It, uh, it's the details that are ticking people off. Lots, and we mean lots of people online, are mocking the ad. This tweet, for example, is in wide circulation, complaining that a 116-pound woman's year-long fitness journey to become a 112-pound woman <laughs> who says, I didn't realize how much this would change me, is a little ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, come on. She lost, uh, what, about four ounces a year or a month, I mean. So the ad should be (laughs) the wife that goes over to the husband at four bills. Yeah, Bill sitting, right. sitting in front of the football. Hey, won't you ride this while you watch football? Oh, thank God! I went from one sixteen to one twelve. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, lady. Uh, if you in the morning go sit on the toilet and crack one off, you just dropped about two pounds. <laughs> so, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about working out on your Peloton if you only have four pounds to lose. Take some Miralax. Miralax, yeah, just poop it out. You're good to go. Everything's covered. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The X-Chat Gap, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The X-Check app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall? Sing along, baby. The most famous reindeer of all. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And there you have a trigger. Does that just bring joy? Trigger was stuffed in his in his living room. Yes. <laughs> it was Gene, exactly. Gene no, that was, it was Gene Autry, wasn't it? Trigger was uh, Roy Rogers' horse. Oh, okay, Gene Autry. Gene Autry's horse was, who the hell, what was Gene Autry's horse's name? I don't remember, um, but I believe Trigger. Oh no, Trigger was the Lone Ranger's horse. That's who that's Trigger right, was. That's I'm, right. I'm mixing, no, no, I'm mixing my equine silver. metaphors. I'm sorry. Well, oh, that was Hio Silver. You're right. Yeah, so Trigger was Roy Rogers. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. And then, but who was Gene Autry? Gene Autry, maybe what? Maybe was Roy Rogers? Gene Autry used to own the California Angels baseball team. Yeah, yeah, pretty he, damn cool. He did well. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I heard Baby It's Cold outside on the way over here. Michael Bublé and uh, what's her name? Oh, Shania. No, Shania. I think he did it with Shania Twain. This this version, I was told, was done by Adina Menzel. Oh. That's the one who played, plays Frozen, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what they said. They said it was, oh, they said it was Michael Bublé and Adina Menzel. Well, I know he did a Christmas album. I want to say it was maybe 10 years ago. He did one yeah. with Shania Twain, but he may have redone it with her. Yeah, who knows? Very pretty song. Mm-hmm. Why are some people offended by that song? Because I listened to the lyrics when they were singing it. First of all, phenomenal singing anyway. And it was written by a husband for his wife. Yeah. So what, what is the problem with the song that everybody just doesn't like? Go ahead and head out. I'll hold the door while you leave. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're having a drink. Oh, because what's in this drink? Mm-hmm. But people say that all the time. My God, what's in this oh, drink? That's a flirtatious thing that a, exactly. a, a man or woman will say. You know, oh, what's in this drink? You know, they know what's in the drink. Yeah, it's a drink. Exactly, it's a drink. They're not doping the woman. Yeah. Calm down, Jesus. Like I said, hold your wife's hand for an extra five seconds. Maybe you'll be happy for a change. That's mm. right. For Christ's sake, relax. Although one thing that does piss people off, if they're in a bad relationship, to hear other people's good relationship, they don't want to hear that at all. I know. That, that is true. They don't want to hear about that. And you know, there's a lot of pieces when, you know, if you're in a relationship and you you're, you don't have grandchildren or you don't have children, other people that have children that yeah, join that, that's, yeah. no, that's, that's, I, that's, that's a rough, rough business, I think. Stop showing me the picture of the little girl who died saving her dog. Keeps popping up on my screen. What the hell are you doing? What a cute little girl. God, how oh, sad just, is that? I know. To lose a child like that is just horrible. Right before Christmas on top of it. But, you know, family lost track of their... Tw- oh, she was only 23 months old. Oh, God. She wasn't even two. Wasn't even two years old. 
The family lost track of 23-month-old while scrambling to put out the fire. Oh, Jesus, she is just gorgeous. All right, I can't look at that anymore. Get off my screen right now. How unfortunate is that, right? I know. In the holidays, well, any time. To lose a child like that is just horrific. Yeah. We can only imagine how the hell that must feel. It it just... Good God. How about the Chicago's police chief being fired one month before he was going to retire? Apparently he was, uh, he had a few cocktails and was in his car, and they nailed him, and she fired him. The mayor fired him. He was retiring in 30 days. <laughs> oh, God. That's kind of cold, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what? You're yeah, you, you think they ought to just put him on administrative leave and just let him go. Well, that's what you would think they would do. But there, somebody had to make a political point, didn't they? That's right. Is that what this is all about? I had to make a point. What's her name again? Like Redgrave or something? the hell's the name of the mayor of Chicago now? Yeah, she... What the hell's her name? Here, I can, I'll, I'll look on this story because it'll tell me immediately what her name is. Yeah, Eddie Johnson. You know Eddie Johnson. He was the guy that stood up, and he's the one who said oh, yeah. that, that Jussie Smollett was lying. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of what it's all oh, about. Oh, a little... That, they didn't like the truth. Well, people don't like the truth sometimes. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, that's her name. So is she uh, Gordon Lightfoot's mom? It's not a common last name, I can tell you that. Well, she's definitely not Gordon Lightfoot's mom. I guarantee you that. (laughs) Yeah, I think she has alternate uh, preferences for friends. He's another guy, by the way. Gordon, why don't you drink a little more? Holy (laughs) Christ. He's a very proud Canadian, I'll tell you that. That boy could drink. As he he gets in his cups. he He could knock it back, too. Because I had to travel with him for a while. (laughs) <laughs> Holy God, could he wheel. Man. When's the November came early? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, Gordon. Whatever. That was quite the thing back in the day. Andy, did you ever go to any of those concerts? That was nope. pretty much Alex. You didn't do that, did you? No, I did not. But I remember, like, my, my niece, she must have been probably 13, 14 years old. She went backstage to meet. Simon LeBon and Duran Duran, because I had gotten to know him really well, because I traveled with him when they first came to America. Nicest damn guys. <clears throat> Nick Rhodes and uh, Simon LeBon were really nice. The three Taylors, John Taylor, Roger Taylor, and Andy Taylor. Andy was nice, but he was nuts. I remember they were staying at, uh, was it the Embassy Suites that had the big courtyard and mm-hmm. the bar in the courtyard? Took a wastebasket, filled it with water, and dumped it over the tenth floor balcony, right onto the people in the in the lobby. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And by the way, try to figure this one out, Andy. You ready? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get a hold of Simon Lebon, and I asked for him, and they say, "I'm sorry, but he, uh, you know, the security code, security code for Simon, because you can't just put you through. You have to know the security code." And he hadn't told me what it was yet, because he just had gotten there, right? So I had no idea what it was. They said, what's the security code? And I said, guest one? She goes, that's it. Well. They always use guest one. <laughs> Don't ever use guest one because everybody mm. uses guest one. <laughs> I mean, that was the easiest that was the easiest through way ever. Yeah, I like using the word password as password. Yeah, password. password or... Well, remember, was that Will Ferrell? Your password 
is incorrect. Yeah, that's it. that was his password. <laughs> that was his password was incorrect. Was incorrect. So every time he typed it in, go, your password is incorrect. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, the greatest. That was a very funny bit, actually. Yeah. I wonder how he's doing. So he's got a big podcast now, somebody told me. Will Ooh. Ferrell? The Will sure. Ferrell does, huh. yeah. Huh. Apparently he does a podcast, I, like, I guess. I, don't know. I like Will Ferrell. It, it just depends on the movie. Like, he was fantastic oh, God, in Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. He was, yeah. He was really good in Step Brothers. But then there's some other movies where I'm like, Ugh. Elf, he was real good. Oh, I yeah, love yeah. Elf, buddy. Yeah, I didn't like, like, uh, a couple of those old school. I thought that movie was terrible. But was some people okay. love it. Some it people okay. love it. it uh, speaking of other people, we talked. We you, you spoke about um, uh, Silicon Valley. What are T.J. Miller's doing? I don't know. Well, we just had him in studio, what, about two month months ago? Yeah. Month and a half ago. Oh, two, oh, month and a half. Really? Because yeah. he would, remember he was in studio at the old place. Oh, yes. I do remember. Whoa. Yeah, you don't want to call in a bomb threat on a train that you're riding, on which yeah. you're riding. Yeah, but, but he was, he just was talking, and that was interesting, and he was... Well, remember Andy when he was in studio last time? You and I didn't speak. We just sat there and looked mm. at him <laughs> as he talked for an hour. Oh, when yeah. he was here. Yeah. I, he, was he talking to you mostly? No, I wasn't here. Well, yeah, I didn't think you were yeah, here. That's I, what I, think I, I thought. Was in Michigan for when he was in, in town. Great guy. But he literally, I think he was, was he talking to you, Andy? Uh, I don't really remember. Kind of in a way, it looked like he was talking to Andy, but then it was like, nice guy. TJ's a really, really good guy, but he why he ever decided to do that, I will never understand. Well, didn't he say it was like drugs and alcohol? Yeah, probably. Kind of made him... I've never done anything wrong when I was on alcohol. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, just straight ahead. You know, yeah, maybe maybe he's got a little sobriety going on. and you know, that Probably does now. Hopefully. Hopefully he's getting away from something or all things. And... But he was great on that Silicon Valley, man. He was really good on that show. Is he going to be on Deadpool 3? Uh, he's, sure. nope, nope. They cut him out of Deadpool movies yeah. too. Yeah, they did because of that incident. Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't be threatening bomb to bomb trains and then get movie roles. It's not well, going to go really funny, well. Though, in it, it, <clears throat> to cut him out of Deadpool, really, because he. It, yeah, it's I know. Kind of a violent movie to begin with. Yes, I agree completely. Although it's, I love Deadpool, it's my one of my favorite. The very first movies. one was real. I didn't see the second one. It was the second one good too. Oh, they were both. Fantastic. Well, I, like I the saw the first, first one better, but I thought they but were But the first one's great. always better because it, it, there's character it's development, new, and once you yeah. see the yeah. animal, he's going to do the same yeah. things, blah, blah, blah. I just love how how just blunt Deadpool is. I love Ryan Reynolds. I think he's... Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is good. And he's one of those yep. guys who like basically is, plays himself in every role, but you just love his personality so much you don't care. Hmm. Great but, sense of humor. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, I wonder if he is. that is his personality. I always... You think about that, you wonder if it really is. I think it is. I think that's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds plays Ryan Reynolds in everything he does. Yeah, probably. I mean, he had a small role in Detective Pikachu, but he was great in that, too. Detective Pikachu? How old are you? Jesus. What? what are I you, have two? kids. I have... Oh, blame it on the kids. They wanted to go... Well, I... They told me they didn't want to go and you dragged. <laughs> <laughs> so let's try this. Let's go to this one. Let's go to this <laughs> one. It was actually a cute movie. I thought it was cute, and he played the voice of Pikachu. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, and he was really good at it. So. I agree. I think that's great stuff. I, I, I just, I, do, I guess you're right. Drugs and alcohol. Sometimes you do things. Well, like the time at 
taboo when I thought the guy was going to stab him to death. Okay. I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it can induce psychosis. That's right. I don't know if it was psychosis necessarily. <laughs> well, you better but... stab somebody with a steak knife. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, that, is that when Captain says, that, you're that... done. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. We'll wrap it up. Here we go. Here we go. But again, if you... if. The guy, if I was out of line, you should have said, sir, could you watch your language? That would be great. Instead of going, watch your language. Don't bark at people who are hammered. It's not a good idea. That's right. Because then they just grab their steak knife. <laughs> See, Wendy. And they act out. Wendy from St. Paul, she saw Detective Pikachu. So I'm not the only adult. Oh, I love Wendy. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. She's coming to, uh, he's coming to, to uh, Key West with us again, I think. I'm almost mm-hmm. certain she is. She's the best, no question about it. A really, really good person. Yes. Uh, uh-oh, wait a minute. North Korea promises <clears throat> Christmas gift for America. <laughs> what might that be? Is that a good Christmas <laughs> gift or is it a bad? And by the way, would you get a goddamn coat that fits? His gut is always like stretching out the, the I know. material. I know. You, can't know t- you, can't, you, can't, you can't tell him, hey, but hey, let's ask. Tailor this coat for you. It's a little tight. Then you, you, <laughs> He's you a fed little... to the dogs or something. Yeah, thing. you would because he did it to his own uncle. Oh, fed his own uncle to mad dogs. Like, what the <laughs> hell? You know? By the way, get a new hairstyle. <laughs> that hairstyle's terrible. Does he have kind of still the bowl cut? Oh, he's, yeah, he's got the little puffy things or... on the side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the bowl cut. Yeah, it's definitely a bowl cut. And by the way, I love it when all the people in uniform are just smiling and clapping up as though, oh, you're the greatest thing ever. Every time I see his haircut, it looks like somebody was taking a battery-operated clippers and ran out of juice. (laughs) Looks like a stooge cut. Stooge cut. That's what that is. Three stooges. Here we go. North Korea says the U.S. could be in for an unpleasant Christmas gift unless denuclearization talks uh, move forward. The veiled threat came Tuesday as Pyongyang denounced little progress. In discussions uh, with Washington, reports CNBC calls for a sustained and substantial dialogue are nothing but a foolish trick serving the U.S., which is in a tight corner owing its uh, current political situation. See, here's the problem that I have. You assholes with this impeachment thing, all you're doing is fueling China and North Korea and Russia. you need to back off this stuff, talking about how horrible and evil our president is. Why do you want to do that to the people of America? Mm, yeah, well, they're not ser- well, they're not serving people of America because it's not going to go anywhere. But no. They're, they're not, in internationally, they're uh, creating problems. Yeah, they're, they're making them look bad. Well, look, make, make us look weak. I understand he should shut up and he shouldn't do some of the things he does. I understand it completely. But to call our president the name you're calling him, no matter who our president is, I would never think of doing something like that. It just there's no upside on a na- an international scale in calling our president a psychopath, a moron, a murderer. Like what are you doing? I know, and then they call him the bully. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's a you know, like all of them could you just all shut up? That would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah. Executive branch, congressional branch. Yeah. Everybody shut up. Shut up, exactly. Uh, shut up. Pipe the F down, you heard me. The Washington Post sees a veiled threat to resume long-range missile tests, something the North has previously done on a U.S. holiday. Kim Jong-un described the regime's first test of an ICBM on Independence Day uh, 2017 as a gift package. Because they have such a great sense of humor. (laughs) 
And by the way, did you see that uh, that um, Jay Leno got barked at because they showed a couple of dogs and some video on America's Got Talent? And he said, looks like a couple of items from a Korean menu. So they're saying, oh, it's horribly racist, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Last year, I believe a million dogs were consumed by Koreans. Yeah. Doesn't mean all Koreans eat dogs, but some of them do. So how is that racist? And there's some Native Americans that just, eat dogs. I know. Why is uh, If they do it, how is it racist? Hey, when you're hungry, you eat what's moving. Mm-hmm. And when, and when, they, when the Korean War was done, there was a lot of hungry people in yeah. South Korea. Absolutely. And there's still hungry people in North Korea. Absolutely. And, and you eat what... But that's why they leave... Well, in France, that's why they leave the heads on rabbits, because oh, really? I didn't know you know that. during the French Revolution and hard times during in France, they they would they would skin cats and it looks oh, a bit right, like a yeah. rabbit, so they leave the head on to make sure you know you're getting a rabbit, not a cat. I yeah. like it. We'll be right back in a couple of seconds. Sheila, ready to go? Yep, she is. Sheila Weller, our special guest, right up to this. Carrie Fisher, a life on the edge with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, the ultimate weight loss program powered by Nutmos is having an early holiday sale. Well, you'll receive 20 to 30% off the cost of the program. Shed those unwanted pounds and look great before the holidays get here. Lose 20 pounds or more. Consumer guarantee. See website for details, ultimatewl.com. Ultimate's plan is unlike any other weight loss program out there. With over 1 million pounds lost to date, and clients like me will tell you that this is a weight loss program that works. This plan is customized for each individual person, and the Ultimate Weight Loss staff will be there for you every step of the way. They helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Start to live your healthiest life and schedule an immediate consultation in their new Edina location or Plymouth with expanded hours. And look great for the holidays. Sale ends Saturday, November 9th. Call now and save. 763-333-7337. Oh, she's doing it. Mm -hmm. I can't help it. I I understand. I understand. (laughs) Sheila Weller, ladies and gentlemen. Sheila, I got to warn you up front. You got uh, Cassie is a huge (laughs) Carrie Fisher fan, so you get 15 minutes of her going. People are huge Carrie Fisher fans, yes. Yes. You know what? I I, I interviewed. Cassie. 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 Yep. Yeah, I loved. Uh, she yes. was the only Hi, princess. Hi. Hi, she was the only princess I liked because I was such a tomboy. Yeah, but I loved Princess Leia. Uh, she was definitely a princess for tomboys. Yes. yes. You know, I got to be honest with that. I interviewed her several times. Could not have been more fun to interview. She was, she was terrific. You know, I've been on these radio. Sh- I've been on these radio shows, and almost, and almost everybody has interviewed her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. She was. She used to go on big tours on radio. Um, but yeah, she, yes. I, she had, first of all, I got to tell you, Sheila, my mother raised uh, seven children pretty much by herself, and she had a hell of an edge. Maybe that's wow. why I loved Carrie Fisher because my mother was a very tough woman, which I I, I love that in women. Uh, I do, I love it. Good for her. Good for her. Kudos. Absolutely, Carrie good. Fisher. Well, al- anyway, I, I 
Okay, go ahead. No, I gonna, I'm just saying the name of the book, Carrie Fisher, A Life on the Edge. Sheila Weller, our very special guest. I'll just turn it over to you, Sheila, because I want to hear about you. this. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. Okay, so what do you want to hear? I want to hear, on, well, in her 2008 bestseller, Girls Like Us, Sheila Weller, with heart and profound feeling for the times, gave us a surprisingly intimate portrait of three icons, Carol King, Joni Mitchell, and Carly Simon. Now she turns her focus to one of the most loved, brilliant, and iconoclastic women of our time, Carrie Fisher. I did. I loved interviewing her. I really did. And I, what a hell of a talent, huh? Really, in so many ways, um, including a talent for friendship. She had more best friend people clamoring to be called her best friend oh. in you know celebrity circles and man and woman on the street circles than just about anybody I ever heard about. Um, it's quite amazing that she had the, even the bandwidth for it, um, much less the charisma, which, which we know she had, mm-hmm. combined with insecurity, a very fabulously complex person. Um, the word complex is, and complicated are interesting adjectives and compliments, but um, few people really, um, I think, fill them out as much as she did. Uh, she was, you know, a, a bit of everything, and, and she was... As, a, as one journalist put it, famous, for, famous and beloved for being herself. Yeah, you know, Sheila, uh, I, you've done a lot of this work, obviously, Carol King and Joni Mitchell, Carly Simon, Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, you do notice, I've noticed in my career, because I've, do, I've been doing interviews now for, God, 48 years, 35 on the same morning show and mm-hmm. many, many years on this show, but I have noticed with people um, when your mom and dad are that big, uh, you, you know, we're talking Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher, it does have a mm-hmm. profound impact on you in many different levels. Have you found that to be true as well, Sheila? You know, it's funny. I mean, I grew up with a number of movie stars' kids, and mm-hmm. it, it does and it doesn't. I mean, there are some that, I mean, I have a friend who was Hedy Lamar's daughter, I've known her, you know, we went to school together and we've kept up. And she's as normal as can be, and she's also gorgeous. Um, uh, so um, it, it can have a great effect on you, it can have a middling effect on you, or you can work hard to have it make it have no effect on you. And yeah. in, in the case of this friend of mine, she, she wanted a life that was normal. I think Carrie was just so, um, first of all, there was a big scandal that, that kind of rocked America and sort of... Um, indicated the end of the 50s her you know her oh, father yeah. running off in elizabeth taylor yeah um so there was there were light bulbs of uh, flash bulbs in her, in her eyes from from you know from the age of two uh but she had such an intense personality and such a um a, a vulnerability and an openness to experiences around her that it was going to affect her um and much happened in her parents life and she was very close to her mother in an interesting way, in a complicated way, which mother-daughter relations tend to be in, in, in one form or another. So um, it, it, it did affect her a lot, a lot, and she used it as material as well. Mm-hmm. But it kept affecting her. That was true. One of my favorite Carrie Fisher things that just popped into my head, and I had forgotten pretty much all about it, but several years ago, Carrie Fisher was on I, I did, uh, KQ Morning Show. KQRS Morning Show is my morning show that I've been on forever. Mm-hmm. And Carrie was on there. And one of the guys, and I don't know why, because I always told him back in the day, and he's not around anymore, by the way, but he made some smart-ass comment to Carrie Fisher during the, during the interview. And there was this long pause, and Carrie goes, 
Why do you have that moron on the show with you? I was having fun. Why does that idiot have to be on? It was great. Yes, that sounds like something she would say. Yeah, right. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was true because she was. She had every right to, to make the comment she did because this idiot was trying to be, yes. you know, all snappy and funny. And she just burned him to the ground, and right. I loved it. I loved hearing it. But again, uh, I, I love strong women, so yes. that might be why. How? So how old was Definitely she a woman. Yes. when when Eddie ran off with Elizabeth? How old was she? Two, I think. She was around two years old. Okay, so it wasn't like an immediate situation where she's a ten-year-old girl and your dad took off with with you know Elizabeth Taylor. Two, I, I you know I'm sure it still had a great effect on her, even though she was only two, because all of a sudden, daddy. You're just about to hit the, you know, you're in the middle of the terrible two. He's about to hit three, and all of a sudden, dad is gone. That that had to be very difficult for her, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yes, she's she's written about it and spoken spoken about yeah, it. She yeah. felt she wasn't good enough. She felt when he died, she said, "I always wanted to make you laugh. I mean, I, I developed my humorous personality to keep you with me." Um, she had a very poignant um, deathbed, you know, almost deathbed conversation with him, where she. Where he said you're beautiful and it meant so much to her, and she said I, I became oh. me in order to keep you. Um, she said you know versions of that many times, but that was probably the most poignant and significant. Um, the one captured um, by Fenton and Bailey um, for a documentary they were going to do, and it ended up in um, in Bright Lights, the, the other documentary. But um, it was it was um, it was very moving, and, and the two of them, the, the directors Fenton and Bailey said everyone was was still and quiet after we you know finished the take and nobody talked because we knew we had witnessed something very significant you know a father-daughter moment that was really yeah. significant well uh ralph on the on the program here with me just showed me a picture of the day that carrie was born eddie fisher is there and debbie reynolds obviously uh, and they're they're holding her and looking down at her, and it looks like this family's ecstatic. They're very happy to be together. It's wonderful. And then just a, a few months later, twenty twenty two, twenty four months later, all of a sudden he decides it's not what he's looking for, and he hits the road. It ruined his career, didn't it? It did for a long time. Yeah, it um, it did. And she came to his defense when she um, was touring with. Uh, Shampoo, I think, even before Star Wars, oh, yeah. she came to his yeah. defense. She, she was very forgiving of him. Um, she, she really was. She said he's a good guy, and he suffered from that. He was, you know, he paid a price. Um, but it did, it did hurt his career. That and the fact that mm-hmm. Elvis came into the scene and <laughs> right. rock and roll replaced yeah. the, the crooner movement that he was part of. So there were two things, but but that definitely being the bad guy in in a perfect American, um, you know. To um, you know, whole, a, a wholesome marriage of, of two all-American uh, kids, um, which they were um, from very different backgrounds, both child childhoods of poverty. Um, they made their own lives. They were very admirable, and they were just kind of America's sweethearts. And when mm-hmm. he ran off with the most beautiful woman in the world, who had been married to his best friend, that was you know uh, a bad thing for him for his reputation. Well, you know, she only, what, what was she married, like eight, nine times? She was married a lot. She was married a lot. It was an era when people did get married a lot. Yeah. She married, yep. uh, I think, Richard Burton twice, you know, mm-hmm. and people did that. People did that then. She but, le- um, you know, she and Gary became friends, and she and Debbie became friends. Right. Uh, life goes on, you right. know? We're talking to Sheila Weller about her book, Carrie Fisher, A Life on the Edge. Sheila, do you think in order to really understand Carrie Fisher, people have to have 
kind of uh, lived something like that. Maybe maybe it wasn't their dad taking off on them like that, but you know, having a mom problem or a dad problem. Um, are the, do most people go through that thing? It kind of kind of seems like they do, particularly in the entertainment world. Um, and the reason I ask you that is because my father and I never got along when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never got along. He was finally institutionalized when I was 10 years old. But I remember at seven years old, I learned to stand up in front of the TV and tell him jokes because it's the only time he and I ever had anything in common. I would tell jokes and he would laugh. And that's all we ever had together. And I still look back at it and go, yeah, I, I know how that feels. Absolutely. Hmm. And you think it's because because your parents are divorced or or? Well, they eventually did get divorced, but he was he was he was uh, institutionalized in a mental institution once I was ten, and he he came back he came back for a couple of months, but then he was gone forever, and then I saw him again on his deathbed. You know, pretty much the same deal. Or 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 are you saying that uh, that uh, stress as a child or as a youth, yeah, that's what I mean, really brings out the creativity of of people, whether it's. uh, telling jokes uh, because of so many, so many uh, comedians are just have that oh, just yeah. rough background. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you know, they're 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 hilarious. You think their yeah. life is perfect, but you know. So so does that bring that out in people? I, I don't know. That's 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 a very good question. Is there something that's switched it in your brain? It certainly can. It can. It can. It can strangle some people. It can. It can really hurt some people. I think you have to have um, a lot. Um, you know, going for you. I mean, with with Carrie, it was complicated. It was it was both things. I mean, she had, she inherited from him, and she's acknowledged this his predisposition to, to taking drugs mm-hmm. and probably bipolar disorder, which she certainly had, and it seems like he had. I mean, it was not quite as well known. The symptoms were not as well known, but he was like a shopaholic, for example. But um, you know, she had a lot in common with him that was that was kind of negative as well. Uh, but and perhaps one of the reasons she could forgive him so easily and and continue to love him despite his lapses in many ways was what they had in common. But in terms of having volatile parents and or a volatile um, family, I think it either you know makes you stronger or um, uh, uh, you know or, or or can hurt you or or a combination thereof. It's and pretty- she was able to use it. It, it did affect her in positive and negative ways, but she was able to use it. Sheila, is it hard to write a book about someone like Carrie Fisher or, for that matter, Carol King, Joni Mitchell, Carly Simon? Um, do, do you think, is it is it easy or hard to come, come across with the evidence? And do people understand that if you are the the daughter of somebody famous like that, and, you know, in Carrie Fisher's case, two famous people, um, you know, Carol King, the way her career developed, Carly Simon. I, I don't really don't know much about Joni Mitchell, but but do people understand the toll it takes on someone to be that famous? That's interesting. Um, it takes a toll, but it, it's also very rewarding. I sure, mean, especially sure. if your creativity and your talent earned 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 it. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I mean, there is a theory. I was on a show the other the other week about celebrities and suicide and I was kind mm. of the it was, it was from an anti-suicide organization a very good organization right. but I was kind of the outlier I said I don't know if it's necessarily bad to be a celebrity there, there are several right. wonderful things that happen especially if you feel you deserved it so does it take a toll well every every situation is different with Carol 
Um, she had a beautiful, gorgeous hit that was the album of, of, of the decade, and then it was hard for her to follow it up in a way that people didn't criticize. Um, every, every situation is different. Um, uh, Carrie was more complicated than they were. I mean, Carly certainly had a lot of, you know, um, uh, emotional and, and, and uh, complications, and she'd be the first one to say that, you know, stage fright and fear of flying and things like that, and wonderful, funny, open-hearted, open-hearted woman. Mm -hmm. But Carrie did have, you know, challenges that w went above and beyond. So um, the combination of the kind of, as she put it, Hollywood royalty family, which is good and bad, um, the father leaving, the mother working all the time, having a couple of bad right. marriages, mm -hmm. and Carrie wanting to, to distinguish herself from both of her parents. She had a beautiful voice, and she sang um, Bridge Over Troubled Water, the song of her eventual husband, Paul Simon, in grammar school and in uh, high school, and she knocked him dead with that song. She sang in Las Vegas with her mother, but she didn't want to be a singer. She wanted to you know, distinguish herself from both of her parents. Yeah. So she had, um, you know, I mean, having famous parents, having a beautiful mother, this was, this was hard for her. She didn't feel as beautiful as her mother. Her mother was kind of a scene stealer in a charming yeah. way. Yep. Um, adorable Debbie Reynolds, who never stopped working. So all of these things, whether it's your personal life um, or your emotional um, constitution, make make it either hard or or easy or not not easy but either hard or good copy and in her case it was both it was complicated and, and hard but she also made art out of it she used it in terms of conversation wisdom to tell her friends and the books that she wrote and the and the um stage play wishful drinking her one woman show so um she used it as material as Nora Ephron and, and Joni Mitchell and others have said, use it as material, and she did. I think it's wonderful, and great work, by the way, Sheila, over the years, dancing at Ciro's and going down the list. Carrie Fisher, A Life on the oh, Edge. Oh, yeah, Sheila. Sir, that whole series. We should have you on again sometime just to talk about Ciro's because people don't know okay. what it is now. And, and, and for those of us who did know what Ciro's is all about, that place was a very special place. There's no doubt about that. It was. And, and Debbie went there as a young actress. She, she learned how to be God. sophisticated in my uncle's nightclub. Oh, That's your, one of the reasons I was... I was I didn't know that was your Sorry? uncle's. I didn't know that was your uncle's nightclub. That's amazing. Yes, yes, that's, that's why I wrote it. Yeah, that's very cool because I, I yeah, we definitely. I would love to have you back on to talk about your uncle and Ciro's. What a place! Oh. Okay, well, in the meantime, I hope everybody buys my Carrie book. It's a nice, it's a nice Christmas present for a friend. I for agree a, completely. For a friend, a sister, a wife. Absolutely. Carrie Fisher, Life on the Edge. Sheila Weller, W-E-L-L-E-R. Sheila, thank you so much for your time. Have a great holiday. Thank and you all for having else. me on. Happy holidays. Okay. Bye. That'll do it with the family. 